Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today, our guest is Blake Tollefson. He's a Wisconsin angler and writer. Blake, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Blake, when most people fish for panfish through the ice, they're either fishing with a jig and a waxy or spike or a jig and plastic. But spoons and plastic hard baits are becoming more and more popular. And you're what I would consider a panfish expert. I know you're too humble to call yourself that, but I'm going to call you that anyway. <laughs> yep, that's fair enough. What do you think is behind the rise in fishing hard baits for panfish? What's behind the rise? Um, one is it's a different way to catch them. Um, and obviously, anytime there's a different way, there's different reasons or different ways in which you can catch something. It just makes it more exciting. When it comes to hard baits in particular, I think they're great at picking out like the bigger fish, the more aggressive fish, um, more so than your standard jig and plastic or jig and a wax worm. So you're catching bigger fish with those. What are the kind of the best situations? If you're out fishing and, and you've got your rods, at, at what point do you decide, hey, this is, this is a good situation to send one of these down? Well, one, if I know I'm fishing a lake that has bigger fish, that's usually going to be the first thing that I'm dropping down. Um, I would say that I do have some kind of hard bait, whether it is like a jig and wrap style bait, a rattle bait, or lipless tied on. 100% of the time on at least one of my rods. Okay, well, I mean, is there certain structure or something like that you're, you're looking for or contours in the lake, something that, that you're kind of targeting when you're fishing these types of baits? Nope, nothing different from a standard lake. I mean, it, they, they aren't as effective in weeds, but if I'm fishing um, like a, a basin area, those baits are great for getting down to those fish really quick. Um, a lot of times they're a little bit heavier than, you know, your standard tungsten. Um, it's not uncommon to use like walleye sized baits, like baits in that one eighth ounce class, which is something that is going to sink down pretty quick. Yeah, that was one of my questions is kind of what, I mean, these things come in a variety of different sizes and, and lots of different brands. You got the Rapala Jigging Wrap, uh, you got that Euro Tackle Z, Z series, you got North of Puppet Minnow. There's a ton of them out there. What, what size do you think is kind of the best size to go after the target species we're talking about here in panfish? So on the market right now, there is a lot of them from that kind of half inch to that two to two and a half inch range. And depending on the situation, depending on the size of the fish, that is going to kind of dictate, and, and I guess depending on the depth I'm fishing, that might dictate what sizes I'm using and what sizes I'm starting with. Um, if I was to pick like a one kind of one size bait, I would say something in that one and a half to two inch class, especially for those, like the bigger fish that I'm trying to target. How do you fish it? What, uh, what are you doing with it when you're sending it down? What does that look like top side when you're sitting there with your rod in your hand? So um, the first thing I'd start with is, is kind of the rod setup. Um, more times than not, because you're fishing a little bit heavier baits, especially when you're looking at, you know, like a Z-Viber, a one-eighth ounce, or um, a number five rip and wrap, 
uh, jigging wraps in that small size or the puppet middles, you kind of need like a walleye size rod, something like that medium light class to actually work those baits properly. A lot of them, if you were to use that on maybe your standard panfish setup, it's just going to overpower the rod. So that's kind of the first thing is starting with that rod. Um, I fish outside a lot, so I would go with something in that little bit longer range. My personal favorite is what's called the St. Croix Rods Perch Seeker, 32 inch. It's a medium light, um, so it has that backbone to actually rip those rods. Um, I do use the spinning reel primarily with spoons and hard baits. I like having a spinning reel when I can. And then from there, it's going to be something like a three to four pound fluorocarbon line. And then I would typically run a small swivel about 18 inches up above from that bait. And that's just because you don't want that bait sitting down there spinning, um, which if you're familiar with spinning reels, obviously you're going to have line twist in a situation like that. So you go, go with that combination and why the fluoro compared to like a mono with something like that? The, the sensitivity factor. Um, I mean, there's a little bit less stretch. Uh, the rod that I'm using has enough flexibility in it where I'm not worried about popping hooks. If I was using a stiffer rod, like, like I said, maybe like a, a more walleye centric or like a, maybe a medium action or medium powered rod with a, with an action that's not as soft, then I would opt for, for a model just to have that stretch factor. But because of the rod I'm using, I can get away with using fluorocarbon. It's less abrasion resistant. It's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna come apart on the ice as easily. Um, and you don't have that stretch factor. Yeah, and these things are, are generally not cheap and we're talking five, six, seven bucks a piece. You know, you don't wanna lose them. What, what knot are you using to put all this together? Uh, fluorocarbon, I typically use a polymer knot, but you, you can use an improved clinch knot as well. As long as you wet that knot and make sure it's tight. So how aggressive are you, are you fishing this? What do your jigs look like? So I think that's the problem with a lot of people when these kind of baits are kind of scary, I guess, for lack of a better term. People haven't, some people haven't had a lot of success with them and they immediately write them off. It's not super super aggressive um there might be some aggressive lifts when it comes to calling in fish so a foot or two lift and just so you can feel like especially with a rattle bait you can feel it kind of coming all the way up through the rod you you know you give it a, an aggressive lift but once you see fish on the screen and fish reacting to that bait it's a lot softer um it's just small jigging strokes and even some pauses in there I've had certain situations where that's the only way to eat it is when you're just barely moving that bait. What about hooks? Now I see some of them are shipped with trebles and some of them will have a single hook behind it and it'll come with a treble. What's, what's the story there? To be honest, I think it's, it's personal preference. Um, I know a lot of people look at a single hook and they immediately assume that it's not going to work. Um, I have noticed that with a single hook, when that hook is in there, it's, it seems like it's less likely to come out. Um, the advantage to having a single hook for some of those smaller baits, especially is that you can rig plastics on the back. Um, plastics are, are a lot easier rigged on a single hook, whether it's a, a spoon or like a small hard bait than you can with a treble hook. You can just kind of rig it on there. So it's, so it's kind of vertical, basically. 
what what about tipping these things? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're using it because it has the profile that we want, but mm -hmm. adding, you know, a minnow head or adding a spike or adding a plastic to it, what does that do for the effectiveness? Is that a good idea? What do, what do you think about that? I think there are certain situations where it can make a difference, especially with like jig and wrap style baits. It seems pretty common to tip those with like a minnow head. 95% of the time, I'm not tipping them with anything. Um, usually the times that I'm doing that are with some of those really small uh, lipless crankbaits, like that 16th ounce Z-Viber. What I will do is I'll rig just a small plastic off the back of that single hook. But uh, those baits, are kind of meant to catch fish without adding anything to them. If somebody wants to get into this, I mean, like we said, I, I mean, in, in my opinion, just about everybody I run to run into that's out pan fishing has got tungsten jigs. They've got a can of spikes or a can of waxies or plastics that they're running with it. But if somebody wants to get into this and, and try doing this, what would be your best advice to them? I would say stick with it. Um, it seems a little crazy at times that when you see the size of these baits, like a two, two and a half inch bait that could actually, the crappies are willing to eat. But my five biggest crappies I've ever caught have all come on the same exact bait, which is a one eighth ounce Z-Viber. It's two inches long. And the biggest thing is just having some confidence. If you believe it's not going to work, it's not going to work. You're not going to give it the time of day. So just having confidence and knowing that a bait like that can work. Um, if you're going to use those bigger sizes, I would probably try to make sure I'm fishing a lake that has bigger crappies. If you're on a lake that only has six or seven inch crappies, it's not likely that they're going to eat baits in that two inch class. But when you get into fish in that 13 to 14 to 15 inch class, they have no problem eating baits that size. Like if someone get, wants to get into this, they're going to go to their local retailer and pick up a few of them. If somebody's yep. going to pick up five of these types of baits, what would you recommend that they buy to get started? So I, what I'll do is I'll give you my personal favorites. Um, I would say a 1 16th ounce Z-Viber, a 1 8th ounce Z-Viber, and then I would recommend getting two different sizes of the jig and wrap puppet minnow style baits. Those are really effective. Um, and if you want to throw a spoon in there, uh, you, I would say probably the 116 ounce live spoon or maybe a VMC uh, tumbler or tingler. Yeah, let's, let's talk that spoon game a little bit. In my mind, we've been kind of talking that jig and wrap class, but yep. how is it different with, with spoons fishing for panfish compared to fishing like a jigging wrap style style game? I think you can get away with spoons um, a lot on a lot more sizes of fish than you can with uh, some of these larger jigging wrap slash you know lipless crankbaits. I mean spoons come in I feel like in a lot more different sizes all the way down to, to 1 32nd of an ounce. Um, so you can get away with fishing Fishing those in, in much shallower water, you can upsize and fish them in deeper water. Um, when it comes to the actual motion, it's it's somewhat similar. It's kind of a an aggressive jigging motion to call those fish in, but once they're there, you kind of got to slow it down a little bit. And running with those spoons, in my mind, the big advantage to to them is they get down in the water column faster. So if you're out there and you're fishing you know, crappies that are suspended at 20 feet, 
and mm -hmm. you're on a school, you can get down there way faster with those than you're going to get down there with, with tungsten or even a jigging rig. Yeah, it's it definitely in certain applications that it, they are more, you know, they're, they're faster, I guess. And the other thing with spoons is I feel like a lot of people lean towards you have to tip them with live bait, whether it's a middle head or spikes or waxies. I don't tip spoons, at least for panfish, with any live bait anymore. It's all just plastics. And like I mentioned, that turn vertizontal earlier. Basically, yeah. that's just kind of rigging it onto the hook so that it, it hangs horizontal from the hook, but the, the plastic itself is kind of running up the shaft of that hook. Interesting. So you're not, it's not hanging straight down like a tail. It's nope. almost like an octopus type of form then is what you're talking about? Yes. Yep. That's kind of, and then you are actually still getting some action from those plastics as well. Cool. And when you set those type of things up, tell me about color combinations. Are you running the same color as the spoon? Are you contrasting? What does that look like? Well, to be honest, probably the number one bait that I use for tipping is is like a bloodworm style bait. So color isn't huge to me when it comes to tipping. Uh, that I guess the top one I use is a is a red bloodworm pattern, and I think that works well. Right? So I actually just cut it up into a couple pieces and then use that to tip those hooks with. And you're pretty much running that same same worm on on everything you're running. Yep, just about everything. Very cool. Obviously, if it's a tough bite, I might switch things around. Like I'll put a white plastic on, but I'm not too worried about color when it comes to tipping. It's more just to give some, kind of have some bait on that hook, essentially. Something for them to key it on. Well, I can see by your Instagram account, Blake, that you do love fishing with this stuff, but you still are pulling lots of fish up with just your standard tungsten look. At, at what point, you know, what are, what kind of goes into your decision-making process to go from one to the other or back? For me, kind of the, the first factor is, I guess, do I know that there's big fish in that lake? If I do, I'm going to start with those bigger baits. If I have a hunch that there might be, I'm definitely going to start with the bigger baits and kind of work my way backwards. Um, if it's a tough bite and I know that, I'm going to start with plastics and then I might go you know, if I have worked my way through some different jigging plastic combinations and nothing's working, then I'm going to go to something different, like a jigging wrap style bait or a lipless crank. Very cool. Is there something that I didn't ask you about fishing panfish with hard baits that you wanted to talk about today? No, I think the main thing is just to, to have some actual confidence in them. I, I've seen it plenty of times online that people, people just don't have faith that these kind of baits work. But if you have some confidence in them and you just give them a shot, I think you'll be happy. Like I said, my all of my biggest fish have come off of uh, off of lipless crankbaits and, and baits like that. Well, I love following your adventures on your Instagram account. Um, if people are interested in seeing what you're up to and what you got going on, especially as ice season is, uh, it seems like it's far out there, but I think it's quickly approaching. It'll be here before we know it. How do people find out more about you and what you're up to? I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, B. Tollefson Fishing is my handle on Instagram. Uh, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, you can always reach out to me via email. It's blake.tollefson at gmail.com. Awesome, Blake Tollefson. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your insight and hope you uh, enjoy a great season on the ice. Yep, you too. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. 
For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.